You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with the take on for the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm here with my friend Eureka O'Hara, honey. If you've been living under a rock, Eureka is from RuPaul's Drag Race, and now we're here on HBO. How are you, friend? Um, I'm doing pretty good considering, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a hard time, but you know what? Uh, just trying to push through and i um, lucky to be staying busy. I'm blessed to be here and highly favored. Um, at least I'm, I favor myself. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's all we can do, know. right? <laughs> yeah, girl. I'm just, you know, I think I'm just trying to survive like everybody and trying to do everything I can right now uh, to be supportive and uh, survive this quarantine still with um, the pandemic and now the movement that's really strong and powerful too happening. Um, yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on, but I'm excited to be here. Uh, you're always such a light in my, um, in my world. So I'm excited to talk to you. I appreciate that. And I feel just the same way. I think Eureka has such a way of taking up space in such an amazing way. Obviously both of us are tall, so we take up space naturally, but I think that Mm -hmm. even with your energy and um, one of the biggest questions that I get on the daily because of the Black Lives Matter movement is people asking how to be an ally, how to kind of rise up and, and be there for people in your life who are people of color. You do such an amazing job. And even there was one bit of we're here. I remember someone said, you know, colored and you, you very nicely corrected the person and said, no, 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 let's not say that. Like you, you have a way of using your words and kindness in such an impactful way. So what's your advice to kind of being an ally? People are asking how to do it right now. You know, honestly, um, to be honest, it's taken me time to learn how to be a proper ally. I come from Mm -hmm. a small town in East Tennessee where I was raised to have very narrow-minded thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. I fought that narrow-minded thinking my whole life, but moving to a bigger city, um, being exposed to more culture, I didn't realize until then um, how much uh, that narrow-mindedness rubbed off on me. Um, And that's what we call unintentional racism, right? That's what's Mm -hmm. called systemic racism. And that's what um, people are talking about right now. So my advice first, especially for um, people that are not of color that are asking, how do I be an ally, is one, Mm -hmm. notice that it doesn't make you a horrible person. And we know that it may not be intentional, but if you're born white in America, you are automatically a part of systemic racism. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're a flat out, you know, racist and you're you're not here to hurt anyone. We get that. But if you don't recognize that first, then you can't be a true ally. So um, also just pay attention to how you talk about things, how you joke, um, how you refer to people of color. Um, are there moments where you can be more considerate and maybe give those people higher opportunity, right? I think that's a big thing to think about. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is like, you know, ask people of color their advice. Don't be afraid to ask people, you know, um, how can I be a better ally? What can I do? And go to, um, you know, Bob the Drag Queen and Peppermint did an amazing uh, video recently talking about like why you should talk about Black Lives Matter and why you should be saying that versus All Lives Matter, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great educational source. Um, there's a great podcast with Monet and Bob as well. Um, they've been great advocates as far as drag queens. But I always tell people, go culture yourself in the history of black culture, read black poetry books. Um, You know, there's plenty of educational stuff out there. You can be reading, pay attention to people of color that are talking versus uh, people of Um, non-color. And also just be mindful that it's not, um, it's not about you coming to the forefront and doing the fight. It's about you standing beside people and fighting with them. Um, Anytime you Mm. have a chance to amplify someone of color's voice, take the opportunity because um, 
people might be listening to you that would never listen to them as a white person, especially. So that's how you can be the best kind of ally, really. Absolutely. It's really well said, Eureka, because I think a lot of even queer people, we've always said like when a straight ally speaks up, sometimes it's a lot more impactful and they stand with us because you get tired. I, I've talked to my friends who are, you know, people of color and, and during this crisis, they're like, we're just tired. Like we need y'all to stand up and, and speak for us. So, you know, me being Persian in this country after 9-11, we were very victimized and there was a lot that I went through. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were like, well, just don't let it bother you. There's a lot of like microaggressions that I think sometimes, and that's what I love what you said. You said, listen, be more intentional. Like think about yeah. what you're saying and being born white in this country does give you privilege. Just being aware of it. Like awareness um, is very important. So I love that. Yeah. Um, my favorite analogy right now that I see floating around mm-hmm. is um, if, if you lived in a suburb neighborhood and mm-hmm. one house was on fire and the fire trucks show up and they're spraying this house down. If the next door neighbor walks up and says, well, why are they getting all the good city water? Why can't my house get some? Well, bitch, cause your house ain't on fire. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all lives matter. It's black lives matter. Their culture and way of living is on fire and it's been on fire and it's time for us all to grab the extinguisher. You know what I think? Absolutely. Grab that extinguisher, honey. It's not hard. (laughs) Like, grab it. And I think a lot of people, when they say all lives matter, of course, no one's saying that white people's lives don't matter. A lot of the people that I love in my life, you included, are white. Like, I'm not here to say your lives don't matter. It's just at this moment, it doesn't make sense to to kind of highlight that when people of color need us most. So I I love that analogy. And I saw it on TikTok and it was really funny and and just really poignant. And honestly, um, well that, that's really a big part of systemic racism mm-hmm. is that um, white people constantly feel like the victim even when, even when they're not. And it's not your fault. It's just they've been raised to think so, that like everything involved right. them. And, that, right. um, and that's that way of thinking that you're more important than another race that creates racism, mm-hmm. right? And Absolutely. that's what people need to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed to have been around a lot of amazing educated people of color that have been open and directly honest and even maybe, you know, brutally honest to me to to fix my way of thinking to pay more attention to it. And I think this is the way for the country and for ad- act- activists to do that to the whole world, you know, pay attention to what's happening. Absolutely. And I think and it's amazing because in some ways you being on RuPaul's Drag Race opened a whole new world and then being on We're Here with Shangela and Bob and I know Bob. Bob's not going to let you get away with anything. So I, I, it's it's amazing that in those ways, you've been able to have like people to look to. And, and what I loved about what you said was read Black poetry, read Black authors. I mean, some of the ama- most best books I've read, Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, a lot of people don't know or have not read these books. So I think it's an opportunity in quarantine to read and to take it in. And, you know, um, also like, you know, with Broadway being dark right now, um, you know, Hamilton, Aida, there's not a lot of roles for Black people in Broadway. And, and I think there's a lot of, with Broadway and drag, there's such a there's such a connection with like show business and being on a stage. How did like your drag journey um, come to be? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. I, I love that you're curious about my life. Um, I honestly, my drag journey kind of came to be because um, I saw some plus size drag queens in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I had grew up with three women. I was the only um, cis male in the household, mm-hmm. and um, I had I always had this urge to be the female, you know. And I always felt so left out. And when I discovered drag and saw it for the first time, I was just like, "Holy shit!" I- <laughs> 
am destined to do this. I saw my drag mother, Jacqueline St. James, known as the Amazing Amazon, who was mm-hmm. just this. She's about five foot four, but she's easily 300 pounds. Trans, she's a beautiful trans woman. Um, yes. You know, the biggest titonsters. That's what I like to call them. You'll ever see. <laughs> Um, (laughs) and just danced and whipped her 90s ponytail and had way too much makeup on and was so overly glamorous. And I was like, oh, bitch, I want to do that. So uh, there was was just no way that I wasn't going to try it. And um, I tried it, and, girl, I I felt a whole other part of myself that I was always missing. And it was just this – it was this fully realized, free, creative version of me. It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to be a woman. It was more of I needed a creative outlet where I could express my femininity in a world that was forcing me into a masculine role that I didn't belong in, you know, and it was just finally a way for me to feel free um, of just who I was in general and, you know, progress that through art and get some attention while doing it and a little love too. So it was just like, you know, a really good therapeutic thing for me being, um, you know, an insecure, bigger person in, in a small town that had way too much personality and was constantly persecuted for it. Well, in drag, I was finally celebrated for it, you know? Wow. And and it's so impactful. Like, there's a lot of things that people will say. And even, it's funny, like, drag, even, I know people that have maybe been racially insensitive or said, I'm not going to date a black man, but then we're so supportive of a black drag queen. It's almost like, even with drag, some of the some of your prejudices even go away. So I, I've seen that the way that drag brings all types of gay men and, and queer people together that might have not sat at the same table. So I think that's the beauty of drag. And I, I think even seeing your journey, like you said, you know, you were maybe feeling insecure about your weight, but I've never seen you perform or seen you on a stage and thought, that person doesn't love every ounce of their body. Like, <laughs> that's stunning, <Aww>. you know? <laughs> Thanks, gal. Of course, of course. I mean, it's and it. I just li- literally um, listen. Persians can be a lot of BS, but I try to keep it real, and I really mean that because I think there is and the way that even being on this HBO show, we're here. The way that you connect with the people every week that you've you know that you've mentored. What is it about? Is it because I know for me, having gone through a lot of darkness made me light. Where do you find that love and joy that you transfer to other people? Because I know you've been through a lot. I know your story. So I'm curious as to what you're using on the show to kind of connect with people. Um, I'm just honest with them, you know, about what I've been through. I'm unafraid mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with these people. And, you know, I'm also unafraid of them, especially heteronormative people. I think we're raised mm-hmm. in gay culture to be afraid of straight people, especially straight men. And, Absolutely. you know, um, the straight men are raised uh, to be very masculine sometimes. So with masculinity, um, fear is a big no-no. So when mm-hmm. you um, when you come to someone like that and you're retaining a lot of fear and you're nervous, they can smell that right away. So it's going to be very put-offish to them. So I just come to them very confident and honest and uh, people seem to open up to that very quickly, you know? And also Mm -hmm. I think that there's something about being a big old squishy teddy bear that people just kind of can't, you know, (laughs) deny, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because when you're in drag, like I would never fuck with you. Like, (laughs) but but when you're out of drag, you're such a squishy teddy bear. I just want to go to you and be like, Eureka, all my problems, hold me, you know, hold me, mama. <laughs> it's a, a very different energy of these alter egos. And it's and even on the show, when you did approach those straight people that were like, we're not going to come to the show, and you're like, okay, mama, can I have the flyer back? Like, you were not, I think a lot of people would react in such a different way, would be like, well, F you, and like, da-da-da-da, don't come. But you're treating those people that don't understand you with love. And like, even that Crip Keeper woman with the phone that was like, I'm calling the cops. You're like, yeah. here's your phone back. Like, you're so nice. So like, tell me a little bit about like, 
was it challenging going into these towns and sometimes, you know, the cops were called or people just didn't want you guys there? I think what people forget are um, when people, so discrimination and hate a mm-hmm. lot of times is rooted by misunderstanding and mm-hmm. uh, fear of not knowing. So um, they, ha- they have these ideas and they hear these stories and they've created an idea of who or what you are. And mm-hmm. when you, when they're mean and nasty to you, usually when people are mean to you, they're looking for a response so that they're correct about not liking you. Right. Absolutely. So that they, they can have, um, so they have a foot to stand on. So when you, um, when you come back to them with kindness and sweetness and you tell them to have a good day, um, there's a part of you that takes the power from the situation because you're able to look at them and be like, you're wrong about me. And you can think whatever mm-hmm. you want and you can walk away from that situation knowing that they have no power over you whatsoever. Amen. I mean, I think it's turning hate. Like uh, I realized when Trump got elected, a lot of people were going on Facebook and unfollowing and sending hateful messages to anyone that voted for Trump, but you're just doing exactly what they are doing. So you're well, like, I think that, that the people that voted for him was ridiculously <laughs> stupid. And um, I'm still mad at you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not really kidding. A part of that's actually very true, but <laughs> well, no, I, I listen, I don't like Trump. Let's make that very clear. I'm not here for him, but I'm saying, I think a lot of times we're realizing that especially being Middle Eastern, if we were, you know, pulled out of line and treated, you know, differently at an airport, if we got angry, then we'd be the scary, angry Middle Eastern man, oh, right? I love that you mentioned that. You'd be arrested or hurt yes. or, you yep. know, defense mechanism yep. to throw the kindness on in a way, if you think about mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it it's a really great point that you're mentioning because it's a lot of times the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, well, fuck you, then I'm then don't come to the show, but you're being very kind. And who knows, maybe they might not come to the show, but maybe they're like, well, gay people aren't that scary. Like this drag queen's not scary. Look at Eureka, so nice. So it's it's like uh, you can change people's perspectives, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all we can do, right? Uh, I want to ask you about um, the, like just the way that you are opening up about your own mental health struggles. And obviously you lost your mom earlier in the season and you still continued and you did that, you know, the story of the mom that wasn't accepting of the daughter. And there were so many raw emotions. And there was a part where, where the mom kind of walked away and, you know, you went after the mom and it was such an emotional scene. I'm just curious, like how long did that take, did that take to film? Cause it seemed like so many raw emotions. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was the first day I met her. Wow. <laughs> you know, she was, Get out of here. Wow. She was wow. ready to, um, to really like, but she had also been talking to producers about kind of what was going on before I had shown up. So I think she was already mm-hmm. a little emotional by the time I got there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that me opening up about my mom and things like that made her feel like she could. Um, I think it made her afraid a little more in a different way because she's like, you know, when you're faced with like someone else's issue and like I, me losing my mom and things like that, it probably made her think mm-hmm. of her morta- her immortality or her mortality, sorry, <laughs> her mortality <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, not wanting to like not rekindle with her daughter before maybe she was gone, things like that. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it like, I'm sure it kicked up a lot of dust in that, um, in that way. Um, I wanted to pivot a little bit back to drag because I wanted to ask you, is there like, cause I see, we see these contestants, they can, I say contestants, um, the, the people that you're mentoring, they immediately get these alter egos. I want to know about the first time you put on drag. Like, did you play around with this alter ego or did you wear the drag and then you just become this one character? You know what? I mean, you kind of just turn into somebody else. It, the first okay. time you're in drag, it doesn't matter. It's just like, have mm-hmm. you ever done drag? 
I have, and I really want to. I would love you to help me get in drag one day. <laughs> oh, work. Well, maybe we should. I mean, yeah. honestly, it's just when you're when you first feel that fantasy and you go out and you people mm -hmm. just automatically treat you differently when you're in drag, mm -hmm. and you get told how pretty you are, and you know, yes. and you've got your little heels on, and you know, just it's a whole nother energy, and you turn into this like mm -hmm. fun, you know, flirtatious, mm -hmm. sexy. You know, you feel all these these um, feelings that people put with being a female, you know, and mm -hmm. people obviously glamorize, um, female lifestyles and femininity, right. which, um, right. you know, isn't appropriate, but because we have mm -hmm. been trained to glamorize it, um, it, mm -hmm. you know, it just makes you feel freely and pretty and safe. Right. 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 Absolutely. Because I have had moments where I've worn a wig or makeup and a dress and I got into an Uber and the driver was like, you don't look like your photo. And I felt very, there's been moments where I have played with my femininity and kind of felt unsafe, but there's something about drag that brings in the masculine. So you're wearing this bodysuit. Like I want to wear that rainbow bodysuit where it's like, nobody can fuck with me where I feel like sometimes when you're wearing a dress and a wig, you're not in full drag. Like there's a little bit less safe. Well, you're that also playing in an in an arm of androgyny, and and there's mm -hmm. something about having the makeup and stuff on that gives you like this this creative mask too. You know, when you mm -hmm. just have a dress and and a wig on, then you know you might be you know you might still feel like a Miri with a dress and a wig on. You know, and, and instead yeah. you just feel like a boy in a dress, literally, not like a drag queen. Exactly. You know, exactly. I need that queen element. Right. She's like, <laughs> that's well, what I need. Well, it's all a state of mind, sister. Yes, it is. It's a, such a state of mind. Um, I just wanted to play a quick game with you um, before I let you go. I know it's like, um, you know, being in quarantine, like how have you, I, I'm curious as to what you think about um, these like Zoom drag shows. Have you, have you been getting creatively involved there? You know, I've gotten in a creative in a few at first and I've done some events um, for mm -hmm. Pride already and I've got a few planned this month. Dang. It's not my favorite thing to do. I, I'm a big mm -hmm. drag queen. I have a small apartment in West Hollywood um, that is mm -hmm. overtaken by Eureka already. So it's like, yes. um, you know, it's like, I just, I really connect more on stage. You know, my drag persona is really about the presence of it. So it's a little different, but you know, um, at the end of the day, when you're like, you know, a big, huge part of your like therapeutic process is performing, you really don't have a choice, but you know, figure it out. Absolutely. And I understand that it's like that live audience. I'm a stand-up comedian. So I love a stand-up, like an, a live audience when I do stand-up. Because when I've done these Zoom shows, you're like, is it funny? Like, right. is anyone like, laughing? I hope or? people are over there laughing. I don't know. And they're like muting themselves. And I'm like, are you laughing or, or crying? What's happening? So I, I, I definitely relate to what you're feeling. Um, I, okay. So I wanted to play a fun little game with you. So w when it comes to like going on a deserted island, if you could pick one of the judges from we're here and one of the contestants to take with you, who are you taking? Uh, contestants from we're here or uh, yes. one of the daughters. And where am I about? One of the daughters. You're going on a deserted island, so um, maybe like let's say a week. You don't have to go forever. Let's say a I think week. I would probably take Clifton, my child from mm -hmm. uh, Twin Falls, because he's just such a good time. <laughs> he was so fun. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Maybe you know there might be a little love kindling there if we get if he gets too desperate. <laughs> yes, honey, I would love to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, love that. Um, and then, uh, yeah. What about one of the judges, like, uh, either Bob or Shangela, or you can take both, I guess. It can be fun. <laughs> um, if I was going to take someone on dessert island, I would probably take Bob just because she's so fucking smart. She would figure out everything. She'd be like, girl, we got water. Mm -hmm. This is how we're going to eat. We're going to build a bungalow. She'd mm -hmm. be the one that's like, we're going to figure this shit out, girl. She'd probably figure out how to get us home. 
<laughs> That's what we need. Yeah, Bob is so smart. Amazing. I love that. Um, I also wanted to ask you quickly about uh, quarantine haircuts. What are your thoughts about these haircuts? People dyeing their own hair. Girl, uh, sorry. <laughs> Bless your heart. Um, you know what? I just say get creative, girl. At the end of the day, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you got to find, it's kind of like when you get dressed anyway and put on makeup anyway that day just to feel better. It's like, girl, do whatever it takes to make you feel better that day and get creative. And I actually just got my hair dyed today, but I went to a barber because they're finally open here in West Hollywood and I got it dyed mm -hmm. purple and I've never dyed my hair any kind of color. So I have purple yes. hair right now in honor of my mom. Her favorite color was purple. Um, and I'm just oh. like living my whole fantasy. I came home and like put an eyebrow on and a little, you know, a little mug, like a little like day mug and like filling my yes. fantasy for myself. I was hoping this was a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, yes, honey. I You have got to send me a selfie. I need to see. I'm sure you look fabulous. Work. I love it. Um, I love purple and I'm sure it looks fabulous on you. Um, just to wrap up, I just wanted to say like, you know, you know, quarantine is hard. And then, you know, with the movement, there's a lot of like negative news we're getting and there's a lot of stuff coming at us. For people who are feeling stuck or kind of lost or possibly like feeling like they can't come out of the closet during Pride, um, what is your advice to people who are feeling a bit stuck? Um, my advice is luckily with online um, resources, mm -hmm. there's a lot of places mm -hmm. to communicate with your tribe and people. Um, look up some groups and resources to reach out to people. Um, if you do have people in your life to trust, you know, be FaceTiming them, take the time to connect with people that you normally don't get a chance to. Um, and you know, honestly, if you're, it's hard to tell people like how to come out because it's really a personal journey and I don't know your situation. You know, everyone has a different story mm -hmm. and different people they're trying to uh, make it come out to, but I think it really comes down to fear. Try to find, um, a fearless way to be yourself freely. Um, and you might be trapped in a home where it's people that you don't trust enough to come out. So you know what, if that's your choice, then just at least own the fact that that's your choice, right? Um, right. Own the right. fact that you know that you need to wait um, to make your, to be able to come out in a more positive way and just, you know, trust that and trust yourself and your instincts because um, no one knows your situation better than you. And when you trust yourself, you'll learn how to figure it out, but also learn that there are people out there that are going to love you regardless. And you really don't want people in your life, no matter who they are, that don't, um, that don't stand with you in your own convictions and beliefs and your own love for yourself. So um, when you do fully love yourself, people love to be around people that love themselves and that are in a place of mm -hmm. health with their mental state. And so when you can get to that place, I promise you'll find people that are there to celebrate you. Amen. I think it's mental health is so important for, you know, both of us have been on journeys and I think to, to feel comfortable in your own skin is, is the way to find a new tribe and a family. So I really um, hear that and appreciate it. Um, for anyone who isn't watching, we're here. It's on HBO. The first season is available to binge and I hope we get a second season. If you make sure you have, you know, Kleenex next to you, cause you're going to be weeping. Well, I definitely cry a lot. That we, we just got approved for our second season. Woo! Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh my God. That's the best tea. Okay. That's great. I know. Well, here we go. I love it. I'm so happy. Um, I'm so happy for you and, you know, Bob and Changela, I think you guys are creating space in such an impactful way. Um, and what that like literally made my weekend. So Aww. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, please tell everyone where they can follow you on Instagram to keep up with your journey. Um, at Eureka O'Hara. It's E-U-R-E-K-A-O-H-A-R-A. -E 
um, EurekaO'Hara.com. Um, you can also follow We're Here at We're Here. Um, also, you know, um, at this time, I definitely advise people to follow some really incredible um, people of color that I know that are doing mm-hmm. great work. And also um, some people of non-color that you can also follow, Sue. I think Aquaria um, at Age of Aquaria is a really good person to be paying attention to as far as a white person to um, maybe mimic if you're trying to figure out how to ally yourself. Um, also mm-hmm. Bob, the drag queen, peppermint, uh, 247 is her handle. You also have the Vixen, you have, um, Shea Coulee, you have Trinity K. Bonet. There are several beautiful Queens of color that are really educating people right now. Um, also Ashley Marie Preston is a great advocate yes. in, um, Love Hollywood that you all can be following, um, who is extremely educated and she's in a great place in our community to tell you what is going on politically and socially. Um, stay safe. Obviously, if you're going to protest, please wear masks, face covers, uh, fully clothed, take water, um, take the passcode off of your phone so that you can access it in case of emergencies. Um, and please protest as peacefully as possible just to keep yourself in the mm-hmm. safest place you can. Absolutely. Well said. And I think it it is, uh, you know, this movement is much needed. And I love that you highlighted um queens of color as well in Aquaria for people that want to be a better um, ally to the movement, which I love. I have loved talking to Eureka and I'm so, so happy for season two of We're Here on HBO. Um, This is The Take On with the Broadway Podcast Network. Thank you all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.